Let's look again at this unit, especially verse 13, and especially at the idea of forgetting what lies behind. Brothers, I do not consider that I have already made it my own. In other words, I'm, I haven't already attained the resurrection from the dead. I'm not already perfected. I'm, I'm doing what you have to do. Namely, I'm pursuing it. I'm straining forward. I'm pressing on. So, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own as if I've already arrived and don't need to do any self-denial or straining or pursuing of holiness or growth in faith. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on. And I want to ponder this idea of forgetting. Father, there's a strategic role in forgetting and in remembering. Help us to know when it's right to forget and when it's right to remember. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the reason I'm just camping on this word forgetting for a moment is because um, there are passages in Paul where remembering is important. For example, here in Ephesians 2.11, Therefore, remember this command. Remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh were separated from Christ. Remember that. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Remember that. You were strangers to the covenants of promise. Remember that. You had no hope and without God in the world. Remember that. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off, and I've just reminded you of all that, you were afar off, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Remember the blood. Remember the glorious event of grace that broke into your life. So clearly, remembering past miseries and past blessings, right? These are miserable conditions, separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth, strangers to the covenants, no hope without God. Remember the misery. And you were brought near. You were brought near by the blood of Jesus. Remember the glory. In fact, the glory depends much on remembering the misery, right? Or here's Luke 7:41. Jesus was visiting the house of a Pharisee who didn't give him any blessings at all. And this woman off the street was washing his feet with her hair. And the Pharisee was indignant. And Jesus said a little parable. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, now which, which of them will love him more? And Simon the, the Pharisee said, 
Well, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said to him, you've judged rightly. And then he comes to the end of the story and he says, but he who is forgiven little loves little. In other words, your sense of love to Jesus and gratitude to Jesus will hang a great deal on whether you believe you've been forgiven little or much. Therefore, if you forget that you were once in this condition, separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth, strangers to the covenants, having no hope, if you forget that, you will begin to think that you haven't been forgiven very much and therefore you will love little. And therefore, memory of what life was or would have been in the past without grace produces little love. Memory is important. Or here's John 9.25. The man who was healed from blindness, he answered his, his, uh, the Jewish leaders, whether Jesus is a sinner or do not know, one thing I do know, that though I was blind, <laughs> I see. And if he forgot that he was blind, he wouldn't any more be praising God that he would be seeing. So remembering is important. It's not good to forget everything, right? However, however, here's Luke 9:61. Someone said to Jesus, I will follow you, Lord. First, let me go and fare, say farewell to those who are at my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. If, if your mind is, is turning back to the world, remember Jesus said in, in Luke 17, Remember Lot's wife, because she looked back. She had a, a memory of Sodom, and she hankered for it, and she turned into a pillar of salt. And so there is a memory that can lure us back out of the path of obedience. So what, what are we to make of this? Brothers, I do not consider, back here at 3.14 in Philippians, or 3.13, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. So what are we to make of that? Well, remember the image. Uh, he's, he's in a race. He's straining forward to the goal, the tape, the end of the race, where there's a prize waiting, a big trophy, and he can see it. And the trophy is the upward call of God, the, the resurrection from the dead. And he has his eyes on that goal and that prize, and he's not going to look back. The picture I have in my mind here is, I remember the 1989 finish of the Tour de France, the bicycle race in France, and Greg LeMond was 50 seconds behind, and there was one more leg, and the leg was a time trial with 24 kilometers. And he was being uh, beaten by a Frenchman, Fignon, and there was no way anybody believed that Greg LeMond could catch up 50 seconds in one time trial. And instead of putting the radio earbud in his ear, he said, I don't want any 
information about my relationship to his race. I'm going to ride this leg as fast as I can ride it with my eyes on the prize. And he rode it flat out without information through the radio, and he won by eight seconds. That's a picture to me of I press on toward the goal. I'm not looking over my shoulder. I'm not taking any heart from how close somebody is to me or not close. I have one fixed prize in my view, and I will give everything in my pursuit, and I will forget every leg that I've won in this race. And it is important. I I said last time, I think, that one of the things Paul forgets is all of these um, works of the flesh that he used to boast in, uh, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, uh, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness, blameless. He had an amazing reputation, and he was now counting it all as rubbish and forgetting it. But it's important to remember that probably right here, Paul's emphasis when he says forgetting what lies behind also includes all the achievements that he might have boasted in in his Christian life, not just his pre-Christian life. So there are things that we achieve in our Christian life, and it's like, oh, those were the good old days, and then you begin to rest on your laurels. And he's saying, no, 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 you don't do that either. So the picture here is forgetting what lies behind in the race that you're running as a Christian and all the stuff that went before, except what? So how should we do it? How, how should we say it? What is, what's good remembering and bad remembering or good forgetting and bad forgetting? I would put it like this. Forget uh, everything that hinders your your faith and obedience. So if there's something positive that starts to lure you away to rest in or something negative that dogs you with guilt, get it out of your head, Paul says. Forget it. And remember everything, (laughs) everything you can, Everything that serves faith and obedience. So if a memory of what you were saved from fills you with joy and thankfulness, or if if a memory of some triumph of grace humbles you and makes you more thankful and more hopeful and more confident, remember it. So those are the the two criteria I would use to say when this forgetting here is appropriate and when it might be less helpful.